Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. If you never want to miss another video full of great malicious compliance stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by the Hotshot Pilot. Force me to spam someone with free trials at the register so a customer can buy a fire stick? Fine, I'll use corporate addresses. I work at Best Buy. We've been selling a lot of fire sticks recently. I sell 10 plus a day because of the local cable being discontinued and the cable company is forcing streaming its cable on Fire Stick or Apple TV. The internet doesn't count against your quota. I live in Alaska so that stuff is a thing. But you have to have internet for cable. Anyway, when you try and sell Apple products, headphones, Samsung, other stuff, streaming services, etc., you are inundated with prompts to enter the customer's email addresses so they can be spammed with free trials. Nobody wants them, so we just close the prop and keep ringing up items. Well, I found out yesterday that Best Buy changed their system to not allow you to ring up a fire stick without putting in an email address to get spammed with Apple TV free trial emails. If you click out of the prompt, their system will remove the fire stick from the order and not let the customer purchase it. Nobody wants the free trials, but I have to put in an email. So it's time to send these emails to corporate so that they can get spammed. I've been looking up the corporate emails to send these spam free trial emails that customers don't want. And I type them into the register and tell the customer, I'm made to input an email so I picked a Best Buy corporate email so they can see what it's like to get these emails they try and force on you. Is it good? Yeah. Is it petty? Yeah. Is it effective? Only if somebody gets really annoyed, because they can just set up a decent spam filter for that kind of stuff. The fact of the matter is, they're going to try and force it because they get some kind of commission off of it, I'm sure. Let me ask you guys, if you were purchasing some kind of equipment, whether it's electronics or a fire stick, for example, and the guy at the register says, normally I have to put an email in for all these spam free trial things, but I'm just going to pop in my boss's email and he'll deal with it. Would that make your buying experience even better, make you maybe want to go back to this place? Let me know what you think in the comments down below. Our next story is by RiderZA. Don't hotfix my code. A company loses commission on thousands of sales. So this is a story shared to me with permission to share by a work colleague that I've recently reacquainted with. I'll be writing as if it was me in the situation, as that's how he told it, and I think it'll read better too. I worked as a developer for a company that built and managed the software behind a rapidly growing online e-commerce store that sells tech gadgets and accessories, which I'll refer to as Megastore for the story, in a Central African country. The Megastore started off small, and my boss built the original website on risk for a cut of the commission that Megastore earned. Side note as it's important later, the commission that Megastore gained from the sale of an item on the site would be split on purchase. The majority of the commission would be paid directly into Megastore's bank account, 
and a smaller portion would be paid into my boss's bank account. As the popularity of Megastore grew, so did the demands on my boss, and he was able to build a company around servicing Megastore. While he did try to grow his client base, none were the same size or scope as Megastore, and thus were not able to carry the company. Megastore was approached for a buyout by a company, we can call them Bad Company Incorporated, with their own internal development team. Part of the buyout deal included ending the revenue sharing arrangement with my boss, an external development company. At the beginning of the process, everything was positive, as my boss arranged a big payday, and the deal was signed. He had managed to get this great deal because he had positioned that this buyout would kill his company and thus he and all his staff needed to be compensated. The buyout took several months and by the end, the relationship between Bad Company Inc. and my boss had completely broken down. My boss had managed to secure another large client and thus didn't need to close his company. Because of this, Bad Company Incorporated said that they didn't need to pay my boss a payout. A lot of these meetings were above my pay grade, so we're in the final days of handing over the entire site to Bad Company Inc. and their internal CTO, Richard Dev, who had complete hatred for the code that ran Megastore, as it was a tortured version of an open-sourced platform. He considered himself a purist, and if the code wasn't custom-built for the purpose, it wasn't worth anything. So back to my boss. He had managed to keep some version of the original deal in place. But in the preceding weeks, he had made a big threat to Bad Company, Inc. that he would do something funny with the code that handled the commission split. It was very much a threat and blowing off steam, as he couldn't legally do it, nor was it actually in his nature to do it. All talk, no bite. However, this outburst did create a situation where Richard Dev did not trust us to remove our code that handled the commission in our favor. So on the final bill that we were required to hand over, we were meant to remove all code that handled the commission, and a richer dev would implement new code to handle the commission and then deploy it to the live website instead of us. The official documentation was reworded from the supply and deploy handover version to just the supply handover version. Great, less work for us. D-Day. So D-Day arrived. We had actually completed the build a few days earlier, with commission sharing code completely removed, and we're just sitting on this version, so we could hand it over on the day, as contractually required to do so. So we handed it over in the morning, and we're all planning to head out for a long lunch. Just before we left, we checked Megastore for the last time, and noticed that Richard Dev had already deployed the handed over version. Puzzled as we assumed that any development on the commission code would require extensive testing. We logged into the new site and saw that no code for handling the commission in any fashion was there. Nowhere, there was nothing. We logged into the payment gateway and there were no logs there either. This meant no commission was being deducted at all. So Megastore was losing 100% of their revenue. We immediately reached out to Richard Dev via multiple calls, which he rejected until he eventually answered, and yelled that he was busy and that we should stop calling him, followed by him hanging up the phone. So my boss, concerned that this somehow would be thrown back into his face as the funny thing he threatened to do, instructed us to do a hotfix and deploy it to the server without the Richard Dev's approval, which we did. It was a messy fix using old code, We put all the money into Megastore's account and only one cent into my boss's account, as something had to be deducted for the code to work. 
10 minutes after deploying the hotfix, Richard Dev called accusing my boss of stealing. Many heated words were shared, followed by my boss putting Richard Dev on speaker and instructing all of us to quickly record the conversation on our phones. Richard Dev informed us that he'd already implemented the code as he had noticed the completed build two days earlier. We tried to tell him that something was wrong, and he just replied that we were too simple-minded to understand custom code, as we were just simple web admins, nothing more, and that we had 30 minutes to remove the hotfix code. My boss got him to repeat the instructions one more time and state that we had supplied a build that satisfied the conditions of the agreement and then hung up on him. As soon as he had uttered those words, it took five minutes to revert the code. We then were instructed to all go to the lunch venue and leave our phones in our cars. Aftermath, because D-Day was an end of the month kind of deal, it happened to land on a Friday. So the loss of income was only reflected in the bank on the Monday or Tuesday of the following week. This meant the problem was only picked up after running commission free for three to four days. My boss is aware of the amount of money lost, but we are not, however. We assumed it to cost the company the commission on between 1,000 to 4,000 individual sales. The CTO did supposedly try to spin a story that our boss had tried to do something funny, and all my boss did was provide the recordings of their conversation, which shut that stuff down. My boss got his payout, all the staff got a great bonus, and we noticed that Richard Dev's LinkedIn status changed a few weeks later to seeking broader challenges. I hope Megastore realizes how awesome this boss was for attempting to put in an emergency fix unprompted without approval to try and save the company thousands of dollars, maybe millions of dollars depending on the amount of sales, which like OP wrote was a thousand to four thousand individual sales. I think in most situations, Richard Dev would probably get the boot. Our next story is by Hubie Edgar. You want me to ask every customer if they're a member and sign up those who aren't? No worries. I work in a relatively large bottle shop, liquor store for those in the US, and we have the worst and most pedantic middle management I've ever worked for. They sent an email to all stores in the state demanding to know why customers weren't being signed up to our loyalty program. You could tell these middle managers had never actually worked in a store as they had expected us to ask every single customer if they were a member, and if they weren't a member, to sign them up to the loyalty program. Also, if a member doesn't have their card, we were expected to look them up manually. This can take a long time as sometimes customers give you an old address, and the system only allows you to look up customers with a current surname and postcode. I ignored the email and continued to serve people as normal. I would always remind our regulars to get out their cards so they wouldn't miss out on getting their loyalty points, and would occasionally sign up people when the shop was quiet. Cue follow-up emails and a talking to from the store manager, you have to sign up at least 5 people a day. Fast forward to Christmas Eve, our store's understaffed, and the area manager's coming around to each store in the area for an hour or so, just to see how the stores were doing on such a busy night. I decided now was the perfect time to ask each and every customer, are you a member of our loyalty program? If yes, but they don't have a card, no worries, let me look you up, it won't take a second. If they weren't a member, would you like me to sign you up for the program? For context, signing people up manually takes approximately 3-5 to minutes. It'll take them the same time to sign up themselves on the app store at home, 
but I would never tell him that. So we have a queue which is snaking through the length of the store, people are getting impatient. But because they think I'm just being helpful, no one gets mad at me. The area manager who's been doing next to nothing, just walking around checking we have the correct tickets up, suddenly comes up to me. He's super flustered and says, why are the transactions taking so long? The line's getting ridiculous. I tell him calmly, whilst slightly playing dumb, that I'm just following management's directive to make sure we're asking every customer for their loyalty card and signing up those who aren't members. He tells me that there's no time for that, just serve them quickly. So I said, but we've just been told to sign up five people a day by you. At this point, he's red in the face and just blurts out, just serve and forget about the loyalty program. So I don't ask a single customer for their card or sign up any new members on that shift. And I haven't since. Plus, management has never mentioned it again. I'm not going to lie. If I'm in line at a store and I have like three or four people in front of me, And every time the cashier goes, do you have a loyalty card? Do you want to sign up? I'd get pretty darn annoyed. I'd be like, come on, let's just move along already. And I bet in a liquor store, there's a lot of people that just want to get out of there. And our final story of the day is by an anonymous writer. Sure thing, boss. I'm more than happy to ruin all our stock. My first job as pimply teen in the early 2000s was at a large cinema complex in Australia. We had over 30 screens. It was the middle of summer and the mercury was well over 40 degrees celsius 113 fahrenheit we expected thousands of guests coming to our air-conditioned oasis along with the normal school holiday crowd the cinemas ran on a separate cooling system while the lobbies and halls ran off the shopping center system for the past week the shopping center had been struggling to maintain a reasonable temperature resulting in some of the chocolates and gummy based lollies melting if left on display Normally, before opening the doors, we would stock the display with as much product as possible. This was a massive wall with thousands of hooks to hang bags of goodies on. Even on our craziest days, like the opening of the Lord of Rings The Return of the King, we would only make a small dent in the stock on the wall. We had a chat with the snack bar floor manager and told her we didn't think it would be a good idea to de-stock the wall, leaving enough product on display for people to make a choice. If needed, we would have the runners shoot out the back and grab fresh bags from the colder storeroom. Well, that's what we started to do. That's when the general manager arrived on the scene. He started to carry on like a pork chop and was yelling at the floor manager that the wall needed to be completely filled before the customers were let in. The floor manager and us plebs tried to explain why that was a bad idea, but he interrupted us and told us to stock the bloody wall with everything you can. It's going to be a madhouse of a day. So we stocked that wall. We stocked it good. We loaded it with as many bags of chocolate and lollies as we could fit. The storeroom was almost empty when we finished. The wall had never been so chocked before. The general manager walked past and said, see, that wasn't that hard. We opened the doors and the shift went on like normal. By my early lunch break, the temperature was already uncomfortable. At 2pm, the shopping center aircon was doing nothing. I swear to this day, it was blowing hot air. At 3pm, we started to get complaints from customers that some of the chocolate was melted. At 3.30pm, there wasn't a bag of chocolate, gummy snakes, jelly beans, or red frogs that we could sell. At 4pm, the shopping center had to be closed to the public. 
At 4.05 p.m., the general manager came out to help with angry customers that weren't lucky enough to be in one of the cinemas already. Once the lobby was cleared, the snack bar floor manager had us start removing any bag off the wall that had melted. We were doing this for about five minutes before the general manager came over. He was red in the face and looked like he was really badly constipated. He asked, What the heck do you think you're doing? The floor manager, very casually holding up a bag of fantails and said, We're throwing out the damaged stock. The general manager grabbed the bag out of her hand and his face dropped. He walked off to the office with his tail between his legs. We lost a lot of money that day. We did gain a new general manager about a month later. This event probably didn't help his case. But it was the shagging an employee in the toilets that got him in the end. No, this guy sounded like a lovely fellow that understood how to do their job perfectly. I don't know if they felt pressure from higher up in the company to never let that wall get understocked or something, but I would feel like most people would have the common sense to know most of that stock that's hanging up, if it stays there for a long time, it ain't gonna make it. But just like the stock on the wall, that general manager didn't make it very long there either. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.